0: Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined today by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going?
1: Going great. Just talked to you yesterday after a long hiatus. We're banging a couple out here. Um, NFC today, huh? I'm excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. We covered the AFC on yesterday's episode. We talked about some players we would be buying. Uh, we talked about some some high price stud players, first-round startup picks. We talked about some players who are probably on your waiver wire and we'll do the same again today, covering the NFC teams. Yeah, and, I like
1: it. It should be fun, man. Yep,
0: yeah, we'll jump right into it with the Arizona Cardinals. And Matt, I'll let you get started with this one today. I think this is the hardest one. I, I don't
1: see a guy here that, for what he's going to cost, I'm going to jump on. So, the one name that kind of has me intrigued is Carson Palmer because last we saw him, he looked terrible. You know, in the in the the uh, the playoff game people might be thinking boy he's old he's got you know their last taste in their mouth of the player isn't a good one so you know he could still be an every week starter and in, in fantasy for the next two or three years
0: yeah i like buying palmer i mentioned this yesterday i won't have a whole lot of quarterbacks on this list because i think you can pretty much buy any of them below their market value i think um there's so many, just so many quarterbacks right now that, that could be fantasy starters. And Palmer certainly fits in, fits in that group. Um, his age hurts his value, hurts his trade value, and his, his uh, draft value in startup drafts. And I think he's a good one. Uh, I agree, though, that you know the, the big three wide receivers Fitzgerald, Floyd, Brown, I think they're all priced uh, appropriately. I, I don't see many deals going on those players. Uh, the guy I like is J.J. Nelson. He's he's their fourth wide receiver. He's he's involved in special teams, uh, a little guy, but Fitzgerald's a free agent after next year. Maybe you know, maybe he retires. Maybe he goes to another team. Who knows? And there there could be some opportunity for Nelson. He's he's a guy that's basically free in our March uh, ADP. He was wide receiver eighty five. Wasn't even drafted in in uh, the majority of the mock drafts we ran so he's he's probably on your waiver wire and and worth a shot he had a few big games throughout the season when uh when floyd i I believe it was floyd that missed a a couple games here and there and and nelson did pretty well in those games
1: what are your thoughts on floyd you know i like him as a player i could see him being their number one uh, but he's not cheap you know he was a lot cheaper a year ago
0: yeah, he's certainly not cheap, and it, it's funny. A year ago, a lot of people seemed to have just given up on him, and and now he had he he did have that bounce back year. I think most people view him as their wide receiver one, although I'm not sure he'll produce those those numbers. I, I saw somebody the other day on on Twitter, and I can't recall who it was, but they said over the past three or four years, Michael Floyd is is the player they have, I guess, fluctuated the most on, gone from loving to hating and buying and selling. And that might be true for me too. he's he's a guy coming out of of Notre Dame. i I was pretty high on him, uh, buying him everywhere I could and and that's you know gone both directions over the years. Right now i'm I can I don't really consider him a buy or sell. I think his price is too high to to buy him, but at the same time, you know I think the best you might get is like a, a one three, one, four, one five pick if you're selling
1: yeah, I was thinking that was the neighborhood too, and I did buy him a couple places last year, and I'm happy about it. but he's hard to love, you know I mean, even starting him every week, you don't feel super confident that, boy, he's going to get me my points no matter what.
0: Exactly, I agree. Um, Fitzgerald, if he's one I would be buying if he's coming with that age discount, but I'm not really seeing that in my leagues. i'm I'm not sure what you're seeing.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen much movement on him. I really don't have an opinion on that one, Uh, you know, what his buying or selling price is. But I do think he's going to be productive for, you know, two or three more years.
0: Well, let's look at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Of course, they had the breakout season from Devontae Freeman last year, a near record-setting season from Julio Jones, even though Matt Ryan and the rest of the offense was pretty disappointing. They've added Muhammad Sanu and they've cut Roddy White. The guy I'm buying there is Tevin Coleman. They're, they're rookie from a year ago. He beat out Freeman to win that job uh, in preseason and, and in training camp suffered um, a minor injury and, and Devonte Freeman, you know, just like Lou Gehrig took that job and ran with it. And, and Coleman didn't get much of a shot after that. Um, I, I'm not ready to to say that Coleman will, you know, overtake Freeman again. Uh, in 2016 or even 2017 but i think he earns a, a bigger share of that job than he had last year and and he's you know his value has dropped a ton since uh, this time last year
1: it's dropped a ton and, and i'm not a fan as a player you know but i think their coaching staff is and that's more important than if i'm a fan as, as a player you know i mean they drafted him for a reason I think he does, uh, at least they think he fits the scheme. I don't tend to really agree. I don't like his running style. Uh, I have him in hyperactive, too. You might be getting an offer in your inbox here in the next hour or two. Um, but he's definitely not somebody to sell right now, either. You know, I mean, you can't get much for him in return. So I think he's a hold if you own him. Um, I think, again, and I was going to stay away from quarterbacks, but I think Matt Ryan's a buy, too. I mean, he can be my high-end backup for the next five years. I mean, his job is very safe as Atlanta's starting quarterback. I would think their receiving core only will get better. I don't like Sanu, but it's better than what he threw to last year.
0: Yeah, Ryan, I I talked yesterday about a handful of guys who I was – I didn't have a good understanding of of their market value. Maybe – My idea was was inflated, and Ryan's another one. I still, you know, even after a down year, I still kind of viewed him in that Ben Roethlisberger tier, um, mid range quarterback one. And you know, we we've had Sigmund Bloom on a few weeks ago, and and he mentioned he would sell him. I I don't want to misquote him. I think he said he would sell him for a third round pick. So yeah, Ryan, if that's if that's the correct value, I would agree with taking a chance on, on Ryan as a backup or maybe even a, a starter in a bounce back year. Uh, a little bit of breaking
1: news as we, as we record and it's not a massive one, but the Bengals signed Brandon LaFell. Does that move the needle for you in any way, shape or form?
0: Uh, well, they had to do something, obviously um, we talked yesterday about just, you know, they have AJ green and nothing else. I think, you know he could he could easily be their second wide receiver based on that depth chart, and he's he's probably worth a roster spot now where maybe before he wasn't. But in in general, no, not really.
1: No, I mean I'm not, I'm certainly not going. out, uh, boy, I'm gonna go buy LaFell now. If I had him on my roster and couldn't move him for anything, maybe you could get peanuts for him now where before you'd get nothing. Um, as an NFL move, I think it makes sense. He dropped a lot of passes last year though, and I think he made. Belichick and Brady insane, um, but he's a lot, he's their number two, like you said, he's going to start.
0: Well, they had, uh, they had Mohamed Sanu who dropped a lot of passes too, so that, that won't be anything new for that offense.
1: Yeah, good point, good point. I, I think that offense, or that team in general to me, I think is prime to take a step back.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Let's look over at the Carolina Panthers. They had uh, just a tremendous season. They made the, the run to the Super Bowl. Uh, the the player I would be looking at here is Devin Funches, their second year wide receiver. You know, when when Benjamin went down with that that injury, everybody just you know the the Funchess value went crazy. Everybody was pushing him to to be the wide receiver one on that team, and and to basically repeat what we had seen from Benjamin's rookie year, his as his, his surprise breakout. And and Funchess was disappointing through most of the year. He did. He came on at the end of the year, especially in the playoffs, had a couple of big games, couple of big catches, and uh, you know, with another season under his belt, I think he's a player that can really improve. And his value is very reasonable. You can get him in the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round of of a startup draft.
1: Yeah, you know what? These first three teams we've mentioned. I'm really struggling to find one. (laughs) Maybe I'm not as sharp today as I was yesterday. Or, you know, just pick three teams that I don't have a target on any of them. And, I mean, I kind of wish that they had drafted a running back in the third or fourth round last year that I liked. You know, I don't really like Arden's Payne, And I think they will use a pick at that position this upcoming year. I wouldn't mind having that player, you know, player to be named later. Um, I think Olsen's not a buy. I don't think Cam's a buy. Uh, Benjamin's expensive. I mean, anyone that had him basically, you know, sat all season with him, they're not anxious to deal those kind of guys now. I mean, it's kind of like Kevin White or Perryman or, you know, some some big asset that you had that you had to sit all year on, didn't get a lick of production. It's not like, boy, I'm going to sell him now. So you're not getting good deals on him. I guess that only leaves Funches, but I can't say he's – Super on my radar.
0: So, what are your thoughts about Ted Ginn? You know, he had a big season last year, scored a ton of touchdowns, and, and put up some crazy fantasy points. Do you view that as as somewhat of a fluky season, or do you think he can essentially repeat that that role and that performance next season?
1: No, I don't think he'll repeat it. I think they look for two things at the receiver position, and number one is size. You know, they are a run first team. They want guys like Benjamin and Funches that can come down and block a safety or maul a cornerback in the run game. And also, they have big catching radiuses. Cam is not the most accurate guy. They also are going to throw deep a lot, and, and Teddy can fly. So, you know, they, they need that take the top off guy, try to keep people out of the box. So, I think he'll have a role, and I don't think that they're going to be super big buyers in terms of using a first-round pick on a receiver. Or, I mean, I, I think they'll go other directions. So I think he'll have a role, but I think it'll be less than his past year, and his numbers will certainly be less than his past year.
0: Do you think Gann is worth holding on to throughout the offseason?
1: Yeah, but I would certainly shop him to basically for whatever I get. And And the thing with a guy like him is he's – we actually recruited, you know, we actually, rec- I watched him in high school and he went to, he was a Glenville tar from Cleveland area. His dad is like a legendary high school coach there. But he was a, he almost didn't play football coming out of high school and instead was going to go run track for the Olympics. I mean, he's that kind of fast, not like fast for a football player. He's fast for a track athlete. And the thing with him is what if he tweaks an ankle or a little bit, you know, like all of a sudden he could go from a valuable deep threat to, a massive liability they can't do anything for it.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's yet another player who had trouble hanging on to the ball. So many uh, frustrating yeah. drops from him. And I don't
1: think that's going away.
0: Yeah. You know, he's been in the league, what, five, six, seven years now. So that's, we can't expect that to change at this point. Let's look over at Chicago. They, um, man, I really agree with you. There's, there's so many teams like this that are hard to, to pick a target. You know, Alshon Jeffrey is he's one of those studs. I think he's he's being valued appropriately based on what we've seen from him. I'm not a big Kevin White fan. I know you are. Maybe that's maybe that's the player you're going to talk about here. For me, it would probably be Zach Miller. You know, he surprised a little bit when Martellus Bennett went down with the injury. He's older, you know, he's kind of kind of like that Gary Barnage over 30 breakout. Bennett's gone now, of course. Bennett's in New England, and you know it, it. looks like Zach Miller will be the starter there. I expect them to throw a ton and and be behind in games. So he's, you know, he could be a, a low end tight end one. He's not a long term guy. I'm not giving up much for him, but I'd be fine with him if he's my backup tight end going into next season.
1: Yeah, I think he's a good player. I think he'll he has a role there. He's he's been very injury prone too, and he's not young um again this team doesn't have an obvious target yesterday's show is a lot better than today's <laughs> sorry <'cause> these <laughs> teams are lining up as well and yeah i love white but again i mean it's kind of like benjamin people aren't just saying hey take white off my hands i'm sick of the guy you know i mean they're his stock if anything i, I you would know it's better than i do is his adp higher now than it was a year ago
0: I bet it's close. I, I would say it is. You know, he by the time the hype was really going on, him the in, this injury news started popping up. So he really he didn't have much of a peak last year, uh, last off season be, because there were all these questions about this injury and how much time would he miss. So off the top of my head, he's probably already being valued higher than he was at, at any time last season.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what would I give up for Kevin White? I'd give up one, two for him in a heartbeat. I don't think you would. I would in a heartbeat. I would consider giving one, one for him. And as much as I liked him, you know, he was, that's higher than I would have drafted him last year, you know, and he's coming off an injury. So, so I don't think he's a, you know, I know we don't love the term buy low, but I don't think that you're going to get him super cheap. If I was sitting on one, two, I would offer, what I would do is I'd offer it for White and a, future second, they'd say no, and hopefully counter with something close. And if we settled for one, two for White, I would take it. But, again, I'm kind of taking the easy way out. And I think I'd buy Jay Cutler on the very cheap. You know, I mean, he could be my redraft quarterback this year. He might throw 35 touchdowns. I think he's better than people think.
0: And that's – I'm glad you said that, you know, redraft quarterback. That's really how you can play quarterback at this point. You don't – I mean, if you get Cam Newton or Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers, great – if not, just play it year by year. You can always buy, you know, Matt Ryan. We've talked about Eli Manning or Rivers, or you you can buy those guys for second rounders at the mo. You know, at, at the most. So there's there's really no reason to think long term with quarterbacks unless you have one of those, you know, high end top two or three guys.
1: Yeah, and it'd be nice to have Mariota or Winston, and you know, for the real world. This is what one thing Dynasty is so much different than the real world. Those guys are gold. You know, I mean, that's the most valuable asset in the entire league to have a Mariota or a Locke or, you know, somebody that's under a couple years in the league that looks like a true franchise quarterback for you. But, you know, as as great as that would be, I would rather use, you know, offer somebody 3-1 for Jay Cutler that has Mariota and has Newton or something. You know, there's a lot of guys sitting on a guy like Cutler, that wouldn't care one bit if you took them off their roster and it would take would sell them for basically anything you can get and I'd start them every week.
0: Yeah it's interesting. I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking about quarterback value when it comes to rookie drafts. And in almost all of my leagues, both Winston and, and Mariota last year were second round picks. I don't think you could buy either one for a second rounder now though. I think I think no. their own their owners would would want a first round pick. Same with looked- Carr Right. We look Portals. at these, we look at these incoming quarterbacks, though, and, you know, Goff and, and Paxton Lynch and, and uh, Wentz, all those guys are going to be second rounders or maybe even third rounders. So in, in that way, maybe, you know, maybe some quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, are good investments. You know, buy, buy Carson Wentz for a mid-second and, and sell him, you know, even if you're selling below market value and get the 2-1 next year.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad call or, you know, especially if he lands in Cleveland and Goff lands in San Francisco, he might drop like a stone in a rookie draft. Both those guys, because they might do zero as a rookie.
0: Let's look at the Dallas Cowboys next. Uh, there's one that stands out to me here as I've been digging into some of the numbers from last season. They're tied Jason Witten. You know, he's another guy. He's, he's older. People have abandoned him. And in March is, ADP, he was the tight end 31, 30 tight ends taken above Jason Witten. So last season, he had seven weeks where he was in that tight end one range, seven weeks where he was the top 12 tight end. If you tell me I can get a a guy outside of the top 30 of his position and he's going to give me seven startable weeks, that seems like an an easy call for a player I want to add to my roster.
1: Yeah, and there's so much uncertainty around tight ends right now. I mean, like I've talked up Walford and you were talking about Max Williams and Ebron. You know, in week five, when you have Witten or one of those guys on your roster and you have to submit lineup, you probably put Witten in. (laughs) You know, I mean, he's going to score more points. He might retire in two years, but you can get him for, you know, I didn't even consider him. Uh, You could get him, I'm sure, for a mid-third round pick, especially if he's on a team that doesn't consider itself a contender. I mean, get him for nothing or throw him into another deal is probably the way to get him. My by, or my guy that I would target, though, on this team is Lance Dunbar. I thought he played very well before injury. Alfred Morris is not going to catch the ball at all. I don't trust McFadden. I, I just think Dunbar is a good player. Not that he's going to be Woodhead-esque like we talked about yesterday, but he could be 75% of that.
0: Yeah, I like Dunbar as well. He's. Uh, I, I found myself, as we've been doing this, looking at several of those – PPR-type running backs. I talked about Giovanni Bernard yesterday, Duke Johnson, Danny Woodhead. I've got a, a couple more today that I'll talk about. So, yeah, I like Dunbar as as a guy to grab as well.
1: And those guys usually don't score a ton of touchdowns, but, you know, the PPR aspect of it kind of makes up for it. They're serviceable. You can start those guys or get you through a bye week or, boy, my top two running backs are fighting injury and they're questionable. I'll put Dunbar in there. You know, he catches six passes out.
0: Exactly. One of those PPR backs that I've uh, identified is on our next team, the Lions. I'm buying Theo Riddick wherever I can. Joy Bell is gone. Um, they've got Abdullah, who, you know, I was not a big fan of him coming in. He, he struggled over all his, his rookie season. He lost lost snaps to basically every other running back on that roster. Couldn't, you know, even though they were struggling and headed nowhere, he couldn't get on the field over Joy Bell. Riddick's the guy I want there. I don't trust Zach Zinner. I know a lot of people like him. You know, he's a great story. I don't know if he's a great player, though.
1: Steven Ridley, I think, is in Detroit as we speak on a visit. Let's say they sign him in the next couple hours. I I doubt that changes your mind, but he would probably be my buy low, and maybe he is now before you sign him. I think Ridley's a good back that, you know, one more year removed from an injury – if I was the Dolphins, you know, I would be really interested in this guy. I think he'd be an upgrade over Zenner and basically would crush Zenner's, um, you know, limited value. I, I like the Riddick call. I just don't know that he's super cheap. You know, I'm not sure people are giving him away with as many passes as he caught. The one thing I like about Abdullah, and I think he'll be better in his second year, is I kind of look at their running backs, Ridley aside, and I guess Ridley would would equal Zenner, but if, if they have Zenner, Abdullah, Riddick, let's say Zenner gets hurt. Well, then I think Abdullah takes over Zenner's rule. If Riddick gets hurt, I think Abdullah takes over his role, as well as his third of the pie, too. So I think good things could happen around him to boost Abdullah's stock more so than the other backs. But, you know, the, the status of their wide receivers, you got to think their running backs are going to catch a lot of passes.
0: Yeah, I, I do. And I agree about Abdullah, you know, potentially – Seeing some of the riddick role, the pass catcher role, or the <clears throat> the goal line back role, but Abdullah is also a ton more expensive than than those other guys.
1: You don't think some owners are a little fed up, or I mean, you know, whereabouts do you think you could get Abdullah? I mean, I, I'm not sure if somebody would part with him for two two.
0: Oh no, I think he still costs a first rounder at least. Yeah, I, I would I'm say he's I'm out you know, of that mid first round range.
1: If I owned him, I would trade him for a 17 first in a heartbeat, though. You know, a blind one.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's probably no surprise who I'm going to choose for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm a Kentucky fan and, and a big Randall Cobb fan. Probably one of the most disappointing players last season. Uh, we talked about Devin Funches and how the expectations placed upon him changed when Kelvin Benjamin was injured. The same thing happened with Cobb, except those expectations were even higher because we'd seen him produce at high levels before. So once Jordy Nelson went down, you know, people were, were just looking at Cobb as a top ten overall potential scorer. And uh, not only did Cobb struggle, that entire offense, you know, Cobb was bad and Devontae Adams looked really terrible. Lacey struggled. So I think that the entire offense was off, and, and I wish I was uh, – enough of a football analyst to explain exactly what happened but uh, I do feel comfortable and, and I trust people that say with with Jordy Nelson back this season we can expect more of the uh, Green Bay offense that we're used to and, and that can only be good news for Cobb some of the things I think that did happen there were
1: majority of the season and it got firmed up late the offensive line was a lot of injuries going on that was certainly a problem Lacey, I think, was overweight. I think that was a problem. Clearly, Nelson was missed in a big big way. And I thought they were one of the slowest offenses in the league last year. Like, even as shifty as Cobb is and dynamic as he is, he's not fast. You know, I mean, he's not din like we just talked about. And even Devontae Adams isn't fast. You know, they had no deep threat. And and, and Rodgers, frankly, didn't play as well as he has either. You know, he's he been Superman and he was merely, you know, a mere mortal this, this past year. Also, schematically, that offense, from a route running standpoint and a play calling standpoint, relies on guys to win one-on-one matchups. And people are probably out there going, well, doesn't everyone, you know? In a way, they do. But, you know, like Sean Payton is great at scheming up route combinations in pre-snap motion where this guy takes the top off a defense. There should be a void in the zone. Cooks. hits a void. Ball comes out breeze hits him. where Packers are more like, Hey, Devante, go beat that corner, (laughs) you know, and Rogers will hit you in a tiny little window. And those guys just didn't do it. And I also think, and I can't remember if you've even said this, but I think Cobb and Adams both played injured last year too. I didn't think either one moved nearly as well as they did in, in in the past two seasons. So I think both those guys could be buy lows, and again, I don't like talking about quarterbacks, but I think Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great. If his stock has fallen fifteen percent, I think he'll get be back to one to leading one of the best and most productive offenses in the league next year. Also, Jared Cook signed there. Do you care? Uh,
0: I was going to ask you the same thing. I kind of do. I kind of do too. So Cooks Cook has been, you know. uh, kind of a fan favorite in the dynasty community. He's been viewed as, you know, this, this breakout player waiting to happen, and he's, he's had a couple of huge games. I, I, if memory serves correctly, they've, week one of the 2014 season, I think, in fact, week one uh, of a couple of different seasons, he's had these huge breakout games and then just not really done much after. Uh, he's clearly never played with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers before. So, I could see him having his best year, you know, yet of his career. I'm not sure if that's saying anything, though.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit reminiscent of the Ladarius Green to the Steelers type of move, too. I mean, he's a much different tight end than the guy that's there. Although, when Rodgers came out, Rodgers is strange to me. Like, when he came out of Cal, he was like barely 240 pounds, move tight end, and apparently they want him to bulk up. And I don't think it's doing him a lot of favors. I'm not exactly sure Cooks will even beat him out, though, you know, on first and 10 when they're in, you know, 21 personnel. But I think since Michael Finley left, they've been looking for somebody that can do kind of what Cook, you know, what, what Cook at his best can do. You know, you'll see three by one sets where the tight ends on one side and they put three receivers on the other side. And that tells the quarterback an awful lot to do that with Finley a lot. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he has value. I, I would hope that he's a little more motivated than he was in St. Louis where after getting a huge payday. You know, I, I don't think his work ethic is uh, exactly off the charts. But you would think going to Green Bay, that should, shouldn't should be as much of a problem. But if I owned him, I would certainly be – he would be on my trading block.
0: The, the thing with Cook that really gets my attention is, you know, Green Bay is notoriously – inactive during free agency. You, right. you know, if you watched if you watched a Green Bay game last year, you saw the stats that, you know, fifty of their fifty two players. Like
1: Julius Peppers and nobody else.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, just ninety something percent of their players were were drafted or signed. They're just never active in free agency. So the fact that they would go out and get cook does say a little something to me.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of why I mentioned the Steelers situation too. I mean, I think everyone agrees that those are two of the better well-managed, you know, not impulsive, obviously not impulsive for Green Bay, front offices out there that don't usually go out and add somebody, but when they do, I think it should raise an eyebrow and go, "Oh, okay. So what are they thinking here?" That again, they were a very slow offense and that's one thing Cook is not. I mean, he has some deep speed for the position.
0: So there's one more player on the Packers roster I wanted to ask you about. And this is a, another player who has has his share of supporters, uh, Jeff Janis. So, you know, this he's finished, just finished up his second season, didn't do much his rookie season, and then w- was was the playoff hero or, or nearly the playoff hero. They got beat that game, but made a couple of huge catches as, as of course, Jordy was out, Randall Cobb got hurt, Devontae Adams was hurt. And Janus was was the hero of that game. So what do you see from him? Is, is that a fluke or can he be a real factor in dynasty football?
1: Ty Montgomery's there too. And Ty Montgomery played well. He's an explosive player with the ball in his hands. Janus is a combine freak. I mean, he's, he's a great combine guy. And you see some of that. Taking him an awful long time to get on the field, even though there was good people ahead of him, and he's coming from a tiny, tiny school. He spent some time on my rosters these past couple of years at the bottom on the cheap or off the waiver wire or as a fourth round pick or whatever when he came out. So I do like him, but I don't see a clear path to him being a, a target hog. And, and that also kind of hurts Adams' value, where, yeah, maybe he could go past Adams. Maybe Montgomery could go past Adams. I'm not sure how those three shake out. I'm still in the Adams camp. Maybe that's one of my faults, and and he would be a buy low for me because I think you can buy him super low. Um, Janice to me, though, his stock has risen certainly in the last six months or so to the point where yeah, somebody else can have him.
0: Yeah, I don't... You know, I'm not a Jeff Janus hater. It seems like some people want you to choose Janice or Adams, and and you can't like them both, which, which <laughs> just seems silly. Uh, I do like Adams still. I, I still have some some hope in him. I'm not a Janus hater, but I think there's always going to be somebody in each of my leagues that likes him a little more than I do. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. And I've also found, and maybe it's just the, the uh, people I deal with, but there's some people out there that are a little irrational about having Packers on their team, too. You know I mean? <laughs> I, I'm in Pittsburgh, and I know the fan base is crazy here, but some people are just like they, they have to have Packers on their team if they're Packer fans, so take them.
0: Yeah, if they're willing to pay the price, that's that's something to, to take advantage of. Well, let's look over at the Packers' uh, division rival, the Minnesota Vikings. This is another one I struggled to find a player I really want to buy at his current value. I actually went dug a little deep here. Charles Johnson is a guy I like still. He had mm-hmm. huge expectations going into last season. Uh, 2014, we saw a little bit of a breakout from him. He came in and – Basically took over the uh, wide receiver one role for them, and then just did nothing last year. Couldn't even get on the field. But again, when I look at that roster, it's it's Stephon Diggs who I like. I don't see him as as a wide receiver one type, um, even though he probably is their best wide receiver right now. Charles Johnson, people have just given up on him. He's on waiver wires as well, so he's he's a guy I would you know I would take a shot on him. He's he's free.
1: That's a good one, and because just a year ago I was buying him like crazy in a lot of deals that I regret right now, <laughs> I mean, because I, I thought he was going to clearly lead the team in receptions, clearly be their number one receiver, big, fast, he has a lot of ability, another small school guy that's taken some time to get his feet under him. They talked them up, um, and I still own him. I mean, I haven't dumped them in a handful of my leagues that I own them in. Um, So, yeah, I would certainly use him as an add-on guy. Hey, throw Charles Johnson in and make the deal complete. Diggs, I bet, is somebody – again, I don't think he's the number one. You know, he he flashed on the scene for, what, those five or six weeks this past year and everybody was buying him up like crazy and, boy, I'll give you future first for him and he's going to be a total star. And then he kind of fell off the map that maybe he's actually viable again. You know, where I had him in one league, I sold him for a mint and was thrilled about it you know, right in the height of his power, so to speak. So I would kick the tires there. I I think it's also worth kicking the tires on Jarek McKinnon. You know, he could be one of these backs that in his next home could be a starter and a valuable every week type of starter. Or if Peterson decides to retire after the season, McKinnon's got a lot of ability, and I think he's gotten better and better.
0: What about their tight end, Kyle Rudolph? Is he even worth a roster spot? He seems to be a disappointing player every season and i think they like
1: michael pruitt so i think rudolph's worth a roster spot but i mean he's probably like my 28th ranked tight end just hunting just a guess i mean he's pretty low on my pecking order for sure
0: yeah i would agree let's look over at new orleans uh they have um I guess the big move they made this off season was bringing in their tight end Kobe Fleener, signing him away from the Indianapolis Colts. And, and Fleener's value has, has really exploded. I've seen people giving first round picks for him where a couple months ago, he was, you know, probably in that third round range. So Fleener is, is not the guy I would be buying. Not at that price for me, it's Willie Snead, you know, former undrafted guy spent some time in Cleveland. They gave up on him too soon. You know, we've, we've seen that plenty of times from them. And he lands in New Orleans and, and basically becomes their second wide receiver behind Cooks. Colston is gone. And since since they cut him, the Brandon Coleman hype has started again. He's another player we seem to hear from every single offseason, and, and yet he never really does anything. So for me, it's, it's Willie Snead.
1: I got a couple ones here. Fleener certainly would not be. Yeah, I think that's about as – tight end friendly of an offense as you can get. I don't like the player. Uh, I bet he puts up good fantasy numbers though. I mean, I just think that's what Sean Payton does. You know, there's no Watson. There's no Colston. There's no Jimmy Graham. So they need that big guy. And Fleener has caught a lot of touchdowns in his career, but he's a sell for me, although I do think he'll have a good year on paper. I just don't really want him on my football team. Um, I think Sneed's a good one, but I'm going to go even deeper. C.J. Spiller. I mean, you can get him for nothing, and he's an—he's like Percy Harvin for me. I, I can't quit him. He's got tantalizing potential. He's never on the field. There's times in my dynasty career that I probably paid heavy to get him, and now you can get him for zero. I think he could flourish. I mean, a year ago, we kind of looked at it and said, boy, on the turf and breezes offense, catching passes, Darren Sproles, and he was injured all year. I mean, if he could stay healthy for 10 weeks – I think he's
0: startable. Yeah, he was. He was certainly a disappointing player last year, as well. And you're right. He's he's basically free. You could buy him for, I would say, an early third rounder, most likely.
1: I would bet even less. Yeah, I don't think he costs much at all.
0: I, I haven't seen him hitting waiver wires yet in my leagues. You know, and maybe that's because of that name value he carries.
1: But maybe he's a guy that starts getting cut whenever you have to make your rookie picks.
0: Right. Right. What about Brandon Cooks? I know. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, I wanted to bring him up. Are Are you paying up for him? He's certainly expensive. You know, we talked about Sammy Watkins yesterday. We talked about Dante Moncrief. We talked about Randall Cobb earlier. Is Is Cooks the guy? You're Are you giving like three future first for Cooks?
1: That's a lot, but I'm a huge, huge fan. I did want to mention him. Basically, exactly what you said in in the Watkins vein that he might be untouchable soon. I think he is that good. He's extraordinarily young for, you know, being in the league, you know, for his experience. Uh, I really, really like him. I love his situation. He could catch 110 balls this year in that offense. I mean, he's going to get targeted all the time. I absolutely love him. I'm very happy with myself that I went out and bought him after about week four or so last year when people were starting to frown on him. Um, do I give up three firsts for him? In this draft, I'd give you one six, one eight, and
0: one ten for him. <laughs> you give that for a lot of players in this draft. I right? would
1: absolutely <laughs> give it for a lot of players in this draft. Uh,
0: one other guy on the Saints that I'm I'm stashing where I have room is is Garrett Grayson. Hmm. I'm actually kind of surprised Breeze uh, is still with the team. I thought there was a chance they could part ways this off that, I know they ended up redoing that his contract, but it was it was massive. It, the team they they're really treating that team like they want to overhaul the entire roster yet they're they're except hanging for breeze. On, except right. for breeze so i just wonder if if garrett grayson gets a shot at some point i you know I, I mean i watched a little bit of him in college i don't know a ton about him but he's a young quarterback they spent a, a, a mid day draft pick or mid level draft pick on him i'll throw him on my roster and see what happens there
1: Yeah, I think he was a second-rounder in the NFL draft. I mean, he was a pretty early pick, and he's sort of in the breeze mold. You know, he's a pretty decent athlete, not a monster arm, move-around guy, smart. So, yeah, that's not a bad one, especially like a two-quarterback league system for sure. You're right about the Saints. I mean, I very much do feel like they're totally rebuilding, except for, hey, we got a franchise quarterback. And, And, you know, the Chargers are kind of like that, too. And it's not like... You're gonna trade Drew Brees to the Rams for a couple first round picks or something. He he's an absolute hero down there, especially after the hurricanes and whatnot, too. I mean, I, I think that would be bad for team morale to move a player like him, but his contract's awful. You know, I mean, it, it might get to some point if they're you know, say they're four and eleven you know, four and twelve this year, and have to just say we, we have to dump this guy and use that money somewhere else. Maybe it gives Grayson's job.
0: Yeah, that is, you know, with the, the history there with, with Hurricane Katrina, that that definitely is a unique situation when it comes to Breeze and the what he represents in that entire city. So that's that's a tough spot for the Saints management.
1: It is, it is.
0: So we've talked about some of these bad rosters. You know, we talked about the Browns and, and how we essentially want to avoid all Browns. We've talked to, I've said the same thing about the 49ers. What about the Giants? You know, they obviously they have Odell Beckham, he's the he's the the top player in dynasty. He's the 1.01 pick in the majority of dynasty startup drafts. But after that, you know, Larry Donnell and Will Tite at, at tight end, their wide receiver too is Dwayne Harris right now. This this mess of a running back, Rashard Jennings, Shane Vereen, Andre Williams all seemed to disappoint last season. So for me it's Eli Manning. You know with with all of that said, Eli Manning was still the quarterback 10 in fantasy last year. He's being drafted as the quarterback 23. So so he's the value there for me. Obviously I'd love to have Beckham on every roster, but that's that's easier said than done.
1: This one I think is the worst team we've talked about yet in terms of trying to find a value. So you can always kind of settle for the quarterback because, you know, he's kind of like the Cutler situation where you can start him every week and he's going to throw and he's a good football player and he's got job security and he throws Odell. Uh, Odell to me is my my number one guy overall in Dynasty. And, you know, I would pay for him, but I'm not going to give you six first-round picks for him. I mean, so I don't think he's a buy by any stretch. I mean, he's the most valuable guy out there. I guess mine's Victor Cruz. I mean, I think you can get him for zero – I was dumping him left and right. I actually never owned him, but I was advising people to dump him left and right. Uh, Maybe he's their number two receiver. I mean, this far removed from the injury, I tend to think his career is probably closer to being over. But I'm not a doctor, and they have doctors that apparently are telling them to hang on to the guy. They must have some intention to get him on the field.
0: Yeah. Cruz was a guy I was actually buying after the injury. And, and I'm a proponent of that in general is, you know, if a guy goes down with an injury, that's, that's your opportunity to buy low. I gave a third rounder for him and thought I was stealing, <laughs> held held him on my roster for a year and a half and, and never used him and cashed him out for a third rounder. So I guess I feel okay about that. I've wasted essentially wasted a roster spot for, uh, for 18 months. I, yeah, I just don't see it with him. I think he. Yeah. I think he's probably done. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I do too. And, you know, I, I mean, the draft. They, there's so many directions they could go to. I mean, they could they could use a running back. They absolutely need a second receiver. Their tight ends aren't very good. Their skill position players are amongst the worst in the league, and they happen to have one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, it's mind-boggling.
0: It really is that they do mirror the. Bengals as far as their wide receiver makeup so we've already talked about the Bengals went out and made a minor move at least so they clearly have to add some some depth at the wide receiver position likely through the draft
1: absolutely and I don't know how much I'd count on them I mean what if they ended up with Treadwell would you be excited about that
0: not for Treadwell
1: no no <laughs> I mean I think it'd make them a better team and I wouldn't you know as an NFL analyst I don't think I'd bash them for that pick but Man, uh, they they got a lot of work to
0: do. Well, let's look over at the Philadelphia Eagles. They've made a ton of moves this year. We talked yesterday about um, DeMarco Murray. They traded him away. They've brought in Reuben Randall. They re-signed both of their tight ends to uh, long-term deals. There was some uncertainty what they were going to do at quarterback. They did retain Sam Bradford, and they also added Chase Daniel, who was with uh, Peterson over in Kansas City. It, this is just a team in—I uh, don't want to say in shambles—but it's it's tough to figure out what this what this team is going to do. I think you know Nelson Aguilar has disappointed one year in. I'm not I'm not ready to give up on him, but I'm certainly not buying him. Ruben Randall was uh, a disaster in New York, and and now he's with Philadelphia. He recently signed there. This was another one that was a struggle for me to identify a player I would want to buy. I I just. Took the easy way out and went with Darren Sproles. Uh, there's rumors that they even want to re- want to deal Ryan Matthews. If that happens, then maybe Sproles see- sees more of a role. And he's another guy that's that's free. Uh, he had no ADP in March. Did not get drafted in any of our mock drafts. I haven't seen him on waiver wires too much, but but he's certainly inexpensive.
1: This is a tough one, and I was buying Matthews like crazy the second after the Eagles signed DeMarco Murray, and I think he's more talented than Murray. I like the status of this team a lot more than I like their fantasy situation. You know, I think the Eagles are building well defense, offensive line, quarterbacks. I mean, I think they're going to – they're probably going to be my pick to win the division, but there's not a guy out there that I want to have on my roster right now. I was not a very big Aguilar fan – I have not been a a Jordan Matthews fan at all. I tell everybody to trade him, but I guess I would lowball an offer maybe for Aguilar.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think they they certainly could be better uh, in, you know, in real football or or in the NFL than what they may do in fantasy. I I mean, I like Matthews, Jordan Matthews. I like Zach Ertz, but they're, you know, they're not bargains. Both of them – are are going to cost you. Well, Jordan Matthews is a third round startup pick, um top 30 35 overall dynasty player, so he's he's expensive still. Zach Ertz is just outside that top 5 tight end range, so he's he's pretty costly after he ended the season on a hot streak. Um this is a <laughs>
1: I like Ertz a lot and since they resigned him, uh, I've tried to get some offers out there for him, but He's too expensive for my taste. I mean, I don't think he's nearly the athlete that some tend to think either. I mean, I think he's a good player. They obviously like him, but I'm not paying the price for him.
0: Yeah, I think I think the tight end and quarterback positions are a, a lot alike. You know, if you end up with an Ertz or if you end up with a, a Jameis Winston on your roster, if you get those guys with a late second-round rookie pick and you hang on to them and, and they hit, that's great. But, you know, why buy – play you know young expensive players like that when you can buy Carson Palmer or Delaney Walker for, for much cheaper and get Witten some- like yeah. you mentioned. Yeah Jason Witten. All right so the St. Louis Rams uh I guess soon to be the Los Angeles Rams.
1: That's this one isn't easy either. man.
0: No, they <laughs> kind of like the Giants they've got Todd Gurley uh where where the Giants have Beckham and then it's it's not much else. This is in fact, I think who's their tight end? I'm trying to even think who's uh, Lance Kendricks. <sighs> yeah, so I think outside of Gurley, they only have one other player who's who's really even worthy of a roster spot on a fantasy league, a dynasty league, and to, and that's the player I went with, Tavon Austin. I've I've been a Tavon Austin basher since he came out. You know, some people are taking him at, at 101, which I thought was ludicrous had a couple disappointing years, had a really, really strong year this season. He, he only finished as the wide receiver 28, which was easily his best finish of the season or or of his career. But he, he really did his, did his damage in chunks. Um, You know, he had three or four really big games and then he had several quiet games too. So I'll go with, you know, reluctantly I'll go with Tavon Austin.
1: I was not playing Dynasty yet whenever he came out in his rookie draft, but I remember I've heard you know, since then a lot of people were using the one one on him, which is bonkers. I mean, I remember ripping the Rams when they took him. I mean, I think they took him at like eighth or ninth overall. And and it wasn't a very good draft that year. I mean, that was the Eric Fisher year and Jokel and his bad draft class, but um was not a good pick and I didn't condone it then. This might be the hardest team yet. Uh, I don't want anybody. I mean, I love Gurley. I want Gurley, but I'm not paying his price. I mean, I would never end up with him in a startup. <sighs> Maybe Trey Mason because of Gurley's injury history. If he, I think Mason would clearly be the guy. Before they drafted Gurley, I was pretty high on Mason. i can get getting for nothing right now. I, he's going to be my pick.
0: Yeah, you know, Mason had, Mason had the arrest recently, um, which, you know, you talked about yesterday. Well, a lot of players get caught with 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 weed, but you know Mason's was speeding in the middle of the day with no driver's license, no license plate yeah. uh, unregistered car and and he had i think he had he had drugs with him. you know, it's just like, oh maybe this guy doesn't want a job
1: yeah, uh, I mean, trust me, I'm not giving a lot for his services. I don't want any rams. I mean, again, I'm not trading Gurley if I have him, but I would listen to pick. I would listen to good offers. I think he's a stud, but their passing game stinks.
0: So I've said on here a couple of times that the San Francisco 49ers are a team I I just want to avoid. I I don't like their roster at all. I don't trust Chip Kelly as their head coach. I almost just went with the default Carlos Hyde, who I think is is easily the most dynasty relevant player on the roster. Maybe maybe the only one but I dug a little bit deeper here and went with Blake Bell, the, the former quarterback turned tight end. Last year was his rookie year. Didn't do much. Uh, and got on the field a little bit, and uh, he's got some competition there. You know, Vance McDonald and Garrett Selleck. So he's he's far from a home run, but he's on waiver wires, and and he could be – you know, I think uh, he's an athlete. I don't think much of, of McDonald or Selleck. So uh, Blake Bell's probably the guy I would gamble on there.
1: I don't know if we've talked Hyde, but I love him. I mean, I think I'm higher on him as a player than just about anybody out there. I think he can catch the ball well. I think we've just seen, you know, the, the tip of the iceberg. I think he's going to be one of the best backs in the league. And this might be the last chance to be able to buy him in Dynasty. So he's easily my pick there. Um, not to mention, I mean, he ran a lot of Chip Kelly principles at Ohio State at the time, too, and did it very well. Um, I think the Niners are going to lose an awful lot of games. But I think Chip Kelly's offense produces fantasy points. You know, they, they run a lot of plays. That's important. So I don't know that you look at the Niners and say, boy, they're going to be 2-14. I want nothing to do with them. I mean, like, I'd rather have, you know, I, I'd be more interested in the Niners than I am the Rams. I mean, they'll probably run 20 more plays a game. Um, I've always been very intrigued with Bruce Ellington, too. I have a little bit of interest in Smelter, but I think Ellington's an interesting guy that the last receiver on your roster type.
0: So last year with Hyde's injury we saw, you know, we saw we saw Sean Drone play pretty well. They Mike Davis didn't do much. He was dealing with some injuries as well, but they spent a relatively high draft pick on him. And we've seen Chip Kelly in Philadelphia use uh, multiple running backs. Are you expecting the same thing in San Francisco and does that worry you when it comes to Hyde?
1: No, cuz they run so many plays and he also catches passes and I would think he's their goal line back. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I wouldn't mind having Mike Davis, especially if I had Hyde. And I'm not a huge handcuffed guy, but Davis costs zero. You know, I wouldn't mind him being, you know, the last guy on my roster. I thought he had some ability. It wouldn't shock me at all in his second season if he's clearly the number two there. And, again, he costs zero.
0: All right, let's look over at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, A lot of talented players on this team. Of course, they – This is another tough one, though. Yeah, they've lost Marshawn Lynch, who has retired. Um, Thomas Rawls had the breakout season. Tyler Lockett had uh, somewhat of a breakout season as a rookie. Jimmy Graham was was a disappointment um, before the injury, and then suffered this you know this terrible knee injury that has his future somewhat in doubt. For me, it's Tyler Lockett. I was just really impressed by uh, by his play overall. He did everything you could ask as a as a return man, and then was was a very solid receiver for them as well. I'm not really sold on Doug Baldwin. He he had a great run there in the second half of the season. I don't think he's you know a fantasy wide receiver one. He's he's definitely a guy I would be selling if you could get uh, if you could get a first rounder somehow for him. I haven't seen many of those no. deals go down. But uh, Baldwin is a guy I would consider selling. But Lockett is the buy for me.
1: Yeah, but he's expensive. You know, like if we were doing a startup draft, there's a very good chance Lockett would end up on my team. I mean, I love him. I agree with everything you just said. Baldwin's also a free agent after the year, and I'm not sure how that affects things. I can't, I can't really picture Well, I mean, maybe he'd make a lot of money on the open market. Uh, he has been productive. I definitely think that adds to his sell value, though, too. And would Lockett be the guy without Baldwin around a year from now? I think that's possible. I love Lockett as a player. I just think he's expensive. I mean, uh, he, he's he's going to cost you quite a bit. <sighs> Jimmy Graham? I mean, you get Jimmy Graham cheap. Uh, he's not my pick, though. I think my pick is Christine Michael. Um, I like Rawls, but I thought Michael did some good things, and I think this is a good system for him. I think it's a good environment for him. The talent's never been in question. I think you can get him quite cheap. Their offensive line is very bad, and it wouldn't blow me away if... Arian Foster even ended up there. I mean, I think that would be smart to bring in a veteran with their, their young running backs. But I think you get Michael for next to nothing at this point and hold on that last precious thing that he, you know, fulfills his talent finally. And I think it's possible.
0: Yeah, considering he's cheap, you know, there's it's hard to argue with, with any of those guys that are uh, waiver wire or third or fourth round range guys. So I, I wouldn't argue against Michael. But I've just given up on him at this point.
1: Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people have, which is the beauty of him. You know, that maybe you were one of those guys, or many people out there listening are going, oh, I used the one eight in him in his rookie draft. Isn't that about where he was going? And I held him forever. And then he went to Dallas, and I got super excited and did zero there. I'm done with this guy. I mean, there's people out there that have that those thoughts on Brian Matthews, too. He's never on my team. The guy's always heard I've invested in him too many times. I'm done with him. And you wipe your hands of him. Well, Give them to
0: me. So we've talked a lot about teams that we had trouble identifying a player that we would want yeah, to buy. This was hard. This next team for me is actually an easy one. I've got some multiple options here. Tampa Bay. Almost every player in that offense, I, I would be willing to, you know, to pay their, their current market value. I like Jameis a lot. We've talked about the value of young quarterbacks. I like ASJ at tight end. I even like their their backup Cameron Braith, the the rookie last season had some some big moments i'm a big mike evans guy he was at one point i had him as my wide receiver one overall in dynasty got a little probably a little uh anxious with that move or maybe maybe still though he's
1: like 17 years old yeah you know he's gonna catch a million touchdowns in his career
0: exactly he's he's a he's a kid so probably was a little early with with that move up that high but um you know, as as a result of his, you know, I don't even want to say disappointing play, he, he didn't catch that many touchdowns last season. That's that was it. His his receptions, his yardage was similar to his rookie season. He didn't have the touchdown production, and, and that's what that's what hurt his overall scoring. And that's what made us think he had such a bad year. So because of that though, his his value has dropped. He's still a first round startup pick. He's still expensive, you know, like we talked about with um with Cobb and Sammy and some of these other guys. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'd love to buy Evans. Uh, Kenny Bell is another guy I like. Um, intrigued by him. He didn't he didn't get to do much last year as a rookie, but uh, I, I think Vincent Jackson is close to done, so I think Bell could get a chance to do some things this year. If I'm targeting one guy, it's probably Charles Sims. He's another PPR back like some of the other guys we've talked about. Uh, had his best season. Of his career last year, I think he was running back uh, like 16, 17, something in that range. So yeah, and, and he's still still fairly cheap, like like Riddick. You can get him for a second round pick. All good thoughts. Uh, I think
1: you're higher on buying Buccaneers than I am. You know, I mean, considering what these guys cost. Jameis isn't cheap. Martin's not cheap. Simmons isn't cheap. Evan certainly isn't cheap. And but I, I am very Enthused about this offense. I mean, you said all the right things, in my opinion. Uh, James, and I think Jameis is going to be a star. And instead of boring old Lovey Smith as your head coach, you have Dirk Cutter, an offensive minded guy. You know, I think they unleash the offense even more in year two with Winston. Uh, you mentioned Bell. I mean, to me, he's clearly that guy. And Vincent Jackson's getting older. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after the year. It, it wouldn't shock me in 2017 if Kevin or if Kenny Bell is the Number you know a clear starting wide receiver for this team, and um, he's a Matt Waldman favorite who I trust very much in these type of evaluations. Absolutely loves the guy, and I could see Bell being the slot guy this year, or maybe even past Vincent Jackson at some point. I think he's got a lot of ability, and he's somebody I'm I'm buying up right now for sure.
0: So it's tough with a guy like that who basically didn't didn't see the field much as a rookie. What are you? What are you offering for Kenny Bell? I, I don't think anybody's running to accept a third round pick for him, right? Uh, I'd have a hard time giving up a second though. So is he? Is he like a, a multiple third rounder? You talked about acquiring. Uh, who was it? You, you acquired somebody on. You mentioned last show. You gave multiple first rounders for him, or multiple third rounders. I'm sorry.
1: That was Jalen Strong.
0: Yeah, Jalen um, Strong. So are you giving three? I like round- strong
1: better. I think his, I have more faith that Strong will be a starter. But, yeah, I, I would uh, – I don't know. I, I think with this guy, he's the guy you beat around the bush with. You know, like if you have Kenny Bell, I send you an offer that you won't like for somebody else. You know what I mean? That if you took it, great, I'll be thrilled. You, you're, you'll you probably reject it. And then in that email that you rejected, I say, you know, well, what would it take to get this guy? And we try to, And I try to open up negotiations with you and work a smaller de- and work a bigger deal and then when we get down to the nitty-gritty i'm like well throw in kenny bell instead of this guy that you you want to dump to and and i'll do it and, and meanwhile the whole time i'm thinking i want kenny bell you know i mean I, I, that's who i'm interested in and, and what's funny is there's a league i'm in that after our conversations yesterday i put offers in for danny woodhead and that guy kept trying to do that to me. Like I was dumping my last guy on the roster. I was giving him picks for Woodhead, and he kept saying, "Well, instead of giving me Damian Williams, who was the guy who was going to cut, give me Kenny Bell." And we're not making that deal because the, you know, i mean—that I think Bell's somebody I can't move right now.
0: Yeah, I actually made a couple of trades after yesterday's uh, conversation as well. So, uh, you mentioned Woodhead. I gave the two twelve pick. Uh, and I gave a couple of players that I had planned on dropping Seth Roberts, the Raiders receiver, and Terrence Williams, Dallas Cowboy receiver. So, really, I gave the 212. I got Danny Woodhead, Bilal Powell, and I got a fourth round rookie pick. Yeah. So, you know, we said yesterday Woodhead was the running back three. Uh, in no way do I expect him to. Put up that kind of production again, but if he's a if he's a top twenty running back, if Pal's a top thirty running back, then I, I think I probably won that deal.
1: And I think you can start them both. I mean, even when Gordon and Forte are healthy, and they're not old.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, we I mentioned Cobb earlier, and we've talked about Kelvin Benjamin as well. I made a a bigger deal today. See what you. I, I thought this one was pretty even. I'll see what you think. I gave Kelvin Benjamin. So Marvin you, you Jones, got Cobb,
1: didn't you? You're Kentucky guy. <laughs> of course, of course.
0: <laughs> I gave Kelvin Benjamin, gave Marvin Jones, and gave a future second rounder. Uh, Seventeen, a, I assume. Seventeen second rounder. This is actually an auction league, so so that second rounder represents a a chunk of rookie auction money, probably oh, in that's cool. yeah between eh, like fifty to seventy five, something like that, maybe. Before you even um, tell me what you
1: got. I love that you dumped Jones. I'm sure somebody's excited about him out there. I love that you got the second round pick, or no, you you dealt the second round pick.
0: Yeah, I, I gave the second rounder, and I might rather have Benjamin the Cobb. That that's kind of the the feedback I got. Actually, I posted this trade on Twitter, and and it was kind of split down the middle, which that's that's fine with me. I think that's ideally what you want out of a trade. It mm-hmm. you know, it's great it's great if you can win every trade in a landslide. But if that happens enough, then you're going to lose some trade partners. So uh, I'm happy to make a, a trade that is viewed as even. And especially if I'm getting, you know, my favorite player in the league, which, which is Cobb. So I gave Benjamin, gave Marvin Jones, gave a future second rounder, and I got Cobb and also got Eric Decker.
1: See, I like Decker a lot. And I think Decker could have been a buy from yesterday as well. I think he's a really, really good football player. That's not going away soon. I don't know if it's color of his skin or what, but every year he falls in redraft. You know, you can get him reasonably cheap. I mean, like, I'd rather have him than Crabtree, who I really liked, we were talking about yesterday. Talking about, you know, good, really solid number two receivers in an NFL level. So, I really like the Decker pickup. I would I would rather have Benjamin than Cobb, and I guess the rest is pretty – is is definitely in your favor then. You know, what would you give? You gave him a future second, and Jones – for Decker then. And to me, that's a great trade.
0: Yeah, I, I liked it, of course. And and again, I, I did think it was, it was pretty even. I, I like Decker as a buy and, and yeah, like you said, I don't know if it's uh, because he's a white guy or what, but his just perennially underrated.
1: Always and real quick. I know he's still the Redskins to talk about, but I, I do think, you know, yeah, we're in this for the business and we want to win and I want to build a, you know, a super great team. But it's also pretty cool to have the guys you like on your team, too. You know, I was making fun of people that these Packer people were. They want Jeff Janis. But, hey, if you love Randall Cobb, you know, he's fun to root for on Sunday, too. I mean, this isn't all business. I mean, there is some fun to it. And the last thing I want to mention, too, and it's something I've been wanting to bring up on on this podcast for a long time. And people have been asking me, hey, I want to see more strategy from you guys. You know, you guys are talking about talking players. But one strategy I have is just being active and making trades. And I put this on Twitter and I assume everyone's going to agree with me, but my thoughts on it are if I make a trade and I gain and I got 1% better in the deal, you know, like if you thought that deal you made was very even, but you'd like it by one penny more, you know, you got a dollar one for a buck. And if you do that a hundred times, That's what I'm all about. I mean, to me, that's the beauty of being active with trades is if I get, if I average just 1% or, you know, one cent better on all my trades, I'll lose some, I'll I'll lose some, I'll lose some big, hopefully not too many of them. I'll win some big, and usually there's a couple of those, but if most deals I get just a little bit better than what I gave up and I do it 100 times, I'm going to be hard to beat.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and the the lesson to, that comes from that is that activity and and the volume of trades and the volume of trade offers you make. You know, I see a lot of people, and and I've been guilty of it myself, complaining about you know I never get trade offers. I you know this league is, it, it, this is dead in the off season. Well, you know, get get out there and be the facilitator. You make the trade offers, and I've I see it happen in every league when I go and make. 10 trade offers to other teams in my leagues, uh, I might make one trade, but it, it, several times I'll get a counter offer back. So that that activity of mine spurs activity from the rest of my league, which is which is always a good thing.
1: Yeah, and one more thing I want to talk about, about along those lines too, you can't do anything about bad owners and we all have them. And there are some leagues that make you bonkers where, I mean, I, I was talking to a dude in my league last year and he's like, hey can you just stop sending me trade offers because it's baseball season and i'm into fantasy baseball and i don't even know anything that's going to football i'm like well why in this league then you know i mean for yeah. the season he's active and he's fine but he takes like four months off <laughs> i'm like whoa! if if you're on johnny's roster i'm not going to get you you know so <laughs> I, I don't like that but one other move i do and it can annoy people don't get me wrong and you'll notice it and we're in leagues together i'm in six leagues now so on my Mozilla, you know, my my internet thing that I have up, I always have a My Fantasy League up. And I just camp out. You know, I will camp out in one of my leagues for a couple weeks, and anyone that pops in there, you know, say, you know, McDowell's in, in the chat room with you. I send him an offer, like, immediately. You know, I just look at his roster and, and hound them because I know they're in fantasy mode, and I'll spend a week in each one of my leagues, basically, or as long as it takes. Make a couple deals, really get in touch with that roster and concentrate on that one team for a short amount of stretch and just attack everybody that comes that dares hit the site.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a good idea. You know, and and so many of us and so many probably of our listeners are in multiple leagues that that you have to do that. You have to devote that time and and intentionally go out and say, Okay, I'm gonna look at this league for the next couple of days or for the next week and and really spend my time and, and focus on that. Well, let's finish up today. We've got the Redskins left. This was another challenge for me. Uh, I like Jordan Reed a lot, but I'm worried about those those injuries, those concussions. I don't like Matt Jones that much. I think they're definitely bringing in another running back. Deshaun Jackson is, is just okay. I like Jamison Crowder. I think he's still pretty cheap. I'd probably just default to the quarterback here. You know, Kirk Cousins was the quarterback eight last year. A big breakout season. He's still only being drafted as the the quarterback twenty. There's some uncertainty since they um, they retained him for just one year, so he's going to be a free agent again after this season. Maybe he, you know, maybe he's there long term, or maybe he bolts. We'll see. Uh, he he'd probably be the guy, but there's there's no Redskins I'm really excited about.
1: No, not at all, and that includes Cousins for me because I can paint the picture where Kirk Cousins is not even an NFL starting quarterback in 2013. You know, I mean, if he throws 22 interceptions, the Redskins are 4-12, and and he looks like the bad Cousins we've seen not too long ago. He's a free agent, and people aren't beating down his door. Someone signs him to a one-year deal to be a backup. You know, I mean, I could paint that picture, and I can see it in my mind. So I had him in two places, dumped him for whatever I got already. I got out and made a good profit on him, picked him up off waivers. Good riddance. I'm fine with him being gone. And I don't see one in this offense either. I guess it would be Crowder. I could see Crowder being a really good NFL slot receiver that gets a lot of targets and, and you know plays a fair amount. Deshaun Jackson, I'm sure, is pretty cheap too, and he's still a pretty good player. But I don't know anybody. I've never seen him in a deal ever.
0: Yeah, he's he's just not a player. You know, when, once those receivers get to, or really, really any player at any position, once once they get to that near 30, uh, they definitely lose their luster.
1: And there's players like that that you have them, you almost just get buried with them. You know, like you can't move them unless you give them away. And eventually you cut them when he retires. You know, like Andre Johnson. Yeah, exactly. My man Strong Bad in hyperactive four he knows i'm on the warpath forum i think he might have listened to the show too yesterday which doesn't help anything (laughs) and he has an he offered me my second in 2017 straight up for woodhead and i keep looking at it and i'm not sure and that's the best he's gonna do i tried to finagle more out of him i think i have to pass I, i just like that draft class too much I don't think I'm quite a contender this year, but I really like what I've done in that league. Um, so I think I just have to say no. I mean, I got Gurley, I got Hyde, I got Ingram. So so I think I just have to say no. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I probably would pass as well. You know, the appeal of buying guys like Woodhead and, and some of these other players we've talked about today is uh, is that they're cheap. You know, so if Woodhead's costing you potentially a mid second round pick, then he's he's not so appealing now. And he becomes, you know, he goes from that list of players to buy to, uh, you know, players you would just pass on. So sounds like you have some good running back depth there already. Uh, I'd probably hang on to that second rounder.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I offered him 17 second for Woodhead and a 17 third. That was the initial offer and he rejected it. And to me, that's about the best I could do.
0: Yeah. I think you probably have to walk away on on that one. All right. Well, we're going to walk away right now and uh, we'll be back next time.